The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop. We are your lovely host. I'm Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by the masterful, uh, the freddiest of Funkos, Mr. Matthew Johnson. Hey, hey, partner. What's going on? Good to talk. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. That's a very, uh, I, that's a large, like, billing. That's a lot, like, it's a lot of pressure when you call me the freddiest of Funkos. Uh, yeah. A lot of pressure you just put on me there, but it's cool. Hey, you believe in me like that? I will rise up to the occasion. It is good to see you, my friend. It's, people can't see this since this is an audio podcast, but I'll give a little Easter eggs. I'm making a little bobbly head here. That's how <laughs> deep of this I am. Uh, today, we are talking about the company Funko, as in Funko Pops, those things that you either absolutely love, that's where I fall, or you hate, where a lot of people I've talked to also fall. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's just kind of one of those things where when you see them everywhere, you're either going to like them or hate them, uh, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I love them. But Matt, real quick, let's get into our personal history with Funko. We like to think we have the sort of pulse on what's hot out there in the toy world, and we've been doing this for 20 years almost there now. Our slogan is kind of everyone's a fan of something, and I think our mission is to be sure that we're getting... All right, so I don't want to give a lot away right here, uh, but I am in a room literally surrounded by Funko Pops. I have them all around uh, from everything from Star Wars to pro wrestling to disney to uh ninja turtles basically anything that we've ever talked about on here i <laughs> could probably pull something out that is funko pop related based on that stuff uh but yeah uh, i i still remember i um, i'm an artist and i draw pictures but i would also get to go do every once in a while like a comic book convention or something like that i get to set up at one and draw and of course that means also set up at those are uh, people who are trying to sell Funko Pops. And that's when I first started really seeing them. And I bought my first one. It was a, a Raphael, of course, of Ninja Turtles. And, and uh, I was like, man, I, I'm just going to go get it. Because it wasn't that expensive. It was 10 bucks. I can I can do 10 bucks. Yeah. And that, I should have never done it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the flood of that, I, I now literally don't have room for all the ones I have uh because i like to display them where i can look at them and now i got some in front of other ones because i just don't have room and it just makes me sad because i want to see the ones behind it and uh but i'm surrounded by them uh they for me they're really good at bringing back memories like uh, i'm looking at my pro wrestling ones because they're right of, right in my eyesight and i have you know a mick foley one and uh you know and he's my favorite wrestler so i can look at it and think of you know all the great memories that that's brought me yeah. Or, uh, or like I have Bob Burger's ones right in front of me too. And, you know, that's one of my favorite all time shows. And it just brings back all those memories. And of course the Ninja Turtles, you know how much I love them. And go see, uh, 
go in the archives for our Ninja Turtle episode. Yeah, very and, way back, way back. You know, way, way, way back. And one of our originals. And that's just, that's why I love these things. They just really, for the, and I think if you're listening to this show, obviously you're like us and you love the old stuff that you grew up with and you like to go back and revisit it. And that's, that's what these Funko Pops to me are really, really good for doing. So, yeah. Uh, but later on, we're going to have a new segment where I talk about uh, my collection a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, Matt, what about you? What's your connection or a little history with the Funkos? All right. So like you, I am surrounded by a lot of Funko Pops, right? Inside our little pod cave here uh, at the podcast precinct, I have an entire like shelving unit. They used to be for hanging kids jackets and backpacks and stuff when this is an actual school uh it's filled wall to wall with toys and more than half of it is funko pops but like you said it's a lot it's it's a little bit of everything that i appreciate it it's football it's marvel it's pro wrestling uh what are the random ones that i have star wars uh a couple video game ones like it's really incredible uh, the amount that I have, I think I still have my first one. I can't see it because it's layered like yours. Um, lots of rows to it. But uh, the very first one that I ever got was a Darth Vader one. I was in a relationship with a girl back about 10, 11, well, yeah, about 10 years ago when I was living in Rochester, New York. And I think for either a birthday gift or a Christmas, uh, I received one. And I was like, oh, wow, this thing's pretty uh Seems pretty cool. I'd seen him pop up. Uh, I actually knew a lot of people uh, over yeah, it was like 10, 11 years ago who I think when they first started, they were actually like you'd put them on the dash of your vehicle. They that, that was like the thing with them that not so much anymore. Now people leave them in box. Well, most people leave them in boxes uh, that you put them on your dash. And as you're driving and stuff, it'd be like a little bobblehead, which is really, really neat. Uh, obviously that has changed, but I have, you know, I'm pretty proud of the collection that I've amassed. Uh, they make very, very easy gifts for people, you know, oh, yeah. if you've, because like you said, there's something for everybody when it comes to Funko pop. I bought my mom Funko pop. She, she doesn't care for toy collections. Uh, you know, <laughs> the same. Uh, yeah. right. It, it's, it's so easy. It doesn't matter who, you know, you can go turn, like, just give somebody a Funko pop and they're like, okay, cool. You know, it is what it is. I've seen yeah, a lot. Of- I literally for yeah for Mother's Day, I got my mom a, an Elvis Funko Pop because she loves Elvis. My so. mom, too. I did, yeah. I'll have to try and find one. There's a lot of they're, they're very expensive. <laughs> the Elvis ones are. But uh, it, it, it seriously, it's a it's a great, easy gift to give to people. Uh, I've seen some just incredible collections over the years. I see them all the time at Comic Cons. I'll actually never forget. This was eight years ago. I was at a store doing some Christmas shopping. This is Christmas time, 2013. I was doing some Christmas shopping, and there was this uh, this little novelty fun toy store uh, at this mall by us. And I got like this sweet X, oh, like 90s X Men lunchbox with a thermos and all that jazz, and a shirt. And then I was looking at the Funko Pops, and the guys like, yeah, these things aren't gonna last. They're eventually gonna burst. So you keep producing and producing and producing, and eventually they're not gonna be worth anything. Well, here we are eight years later, and there's some very incredibly rare ones, and they have produced more than they ever have over the probably the last five years, finding yep. different niche topics, classic uh, things. It, that's the best part about it. Like like a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, we've seen that they were doing like history ones, like American history. There's like yep, a George Washington quite one. Quite a few of those. I never got to get yeah. one, but it's like you, you could do anything with it. It's really, really incredible. So 
Um, they found themselves a fun market to kind of take over and conquer. It was unique to them. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a thing to do now, right? You kind of, sometimes you just go to stores and if you don't have the money to buy, you're still going to be like, I want to go look in Hot Topic and see what, what Funko Pops that they have on display now. Yeah. Well, let's go to FYE or, or just wherever the heck it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice talking point. Yeah, most certainly is just seeing a wall of Funko always draws my eye Every in time. any, in any store. So, uh, but let's get into Matt, let's get into the history of Funko. And so we have over a thousand licenses and we cover every gamut from sports to movies to video games. So I feel like we're, we're doing a pretty good job of achieving that mission. All right. We got to go back way back, Matt, way, way back to the year 1998. This blew my mind. The fact that this is the starting date is my mind. Uh, By the way, side note, uh, my information comes from, there's a really good Rolling Stones article and also, so there's a very, very good, it used to be on Netflix, but now it's on YouTube. Uh, it's called uh, Making Fun, the History of Funko or something like that. It's a documentary just all about Funko. Uh, so that's where all this is coming from. Uh, be sure to check those out, uh, especially that documentary. I highly recommend it. It's a, if you like Funko, it's a very inter- interesting watch. But uh, we got to go to a, a man named Mike Becker. Mike Becker uh, was a man who loved uh, things from his childhood. He loved retro stuff. He was a toy collector already. And he happened to be a T-shirt designer. Like, that's what he did. That was, was that was his job. And he got together with some friends who also had similar interests as him. And they would, like, go across the country. Uh, they would try to find those. You remember the um, – there's not very many of them left anymore, Matt. But I definitely remember even in my, my area, my neck of the woods, as they say, uh, the old hotel signs, the, you know, the old really retro, like, 50s-looking ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they would go and try like to neon, find those. Yeah, some like neon lights and stuff. And yes. Oh yes. yeah. New York City still is like still land based with those. But yes, I love, love, love old signage. Yeah, so they would take pictures of those and stuff. And then they would go and get together at like a like an old bar and they would start discussing, hey, what what can we do? We need to do something. We you know, we just love all this old stuff. And so they were. They, they had a whole list of things that they could try, and one of them, of course, was making uh, bobbleheads. And then something else happened. There's a restaurant. We we don't have them here, Matt. I don't know if you have them where you are, but do you have big boy restaurants where you are, fast food places? No, no, I can't say that we do. I, I guarantee you that you've at some point seen the mascot. It's like this uh, a dark-haired kid, and he's like holding – something and it's a big oh, if you looked it up you'd recognize him yep i just i clicked on the wikipedia article i it, i feel like i've seen so, even something like that before but yeah, yeah let's see so that gets a recognized even i yeah there's nothing he here in new york they got 66 stores in michigan a couple in california ohio and north dakota yeah. that's that's what it says so okay yeah so uh he wanted to find uh, like I said, he was a toy collector. He wanted to find a uh, a like a, a coin bank. You know, those little banks kids get that you put coins in yeah. of Big Boy. And he was looking online for them, and they were super expensive. And one of the articles I read, he was like, they were like $900 for one of these banks because they were so rare. And he was like, I'm just, I just can't pay that for a collectible. That just is too much. 
<laughs> and I'm 100% behind him on that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, no matter how much I love something, I, I just, there's no way I'm forking out that much cash for that. And he also had the experience from being working in the t-shirt field of licensing. Because one of the things you had to do for some t-shirts is to work with the licensors and stuff. So he already had that experience. And they're like, like, well, what if we just try to make some bobbleheads, right? And another story that he tells is there's this store in, I want to say it was in Universal, like the theme park. And there's a store called Sparky's. It's the name of the store. Basically, I, I don't know if it's still around. Uh, I'm going to assume it is. But basically, it's a uh, a store like with just a bunch of pop culture stuff in it that you can buy. You know, one of those okay. type of, of deals. And uh, Mike Becker would go there all the time and check it out. And he would always bug the owner about it. He goes, hey, man, uh, I'm trying to make these things. Uh, what do you think? And finally, he just was like, you know what? I'm going to call the big boy restaurant people and see if they'll just let me do this. And to his surprise, they said, sure, go right ahead. And he got the blessing and he got the license to make the big boy wobbler. Uh, and it's just a big boy. You can find pictures of it. It's the very first one or one of the first ones, I should say. And it's a licensed one, of course. And he uh, was like, I'm going to, uh, I need, uh, he goes to the guy at Spark and goes, Hey, would you display these? They're like, you know what? Sure. Cause he made a deal with them. He's like, if they don't sell, I'll just take them back and you don't have to pay anything. Right. right? Like it's a, you don't lose anything if they don't sell. And the guy calls him later and goes, Hey, we sold all of them. Oh wow! Oh wow! Awesome! And it kind of starts well. If that worked, what else could we could we do? And he tells a really good story, uh, Matt. And I don't know because this is a much much older uh, cartoon, but I definitely remember these because uh, they would be parts of like Bugs Bunny collections and stuff. Uh, okay. the old ones. Uh, Betty Betty Boop. Do you remember the character Betty Boop? Oh, how could you not remember the character Betty Boop? Love it. Betty Boop is on every 70-plus-year-old man's vehicle and that I see driving yes. around here in Niagara Falls. There's actually a restaurant. There's like a <laughs> bar around here not too far away from the studio that has uh, her on, like, the front signage, like, logo. Betty Boop is everything. Yeah. Uh, so she honestly used to be very, very huge. And uh, he tells this story of how she, like, the – the woman that he talked to, I'm blanking on her name. I should have written it down, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, she was so kind to him. And this is one of the first, you know, besides Big Boy, one of the first licensors he reached out to. And she was so kind to him that he never forgot it. And she gave him the blessing to do that. And they started selling really well. And this is all good because just before this, he talks about how uh, when he was going to try to make the license bank before they decided decided on the on the uh bobbleheads that that was just an utter utter failure like he was gonna have to file for bankruptcy and everything like it just wasn't it wasn't good no uh but he's like well i want to keep trying though and luckily little he would have little successes like the the big boy had little successes it didn't sell super duper well but it sold well enough uh betty boop the same thing and then there's a little movie franchise, Matt, <laughs> that I guarantee you that me and you both know because it's Groovy Baby. Uh, 
Austin Powers. <laughs> those movies come along, and I love those movies. Uh, they're so good. I don't know if they still hold up. I need to go back and rewatch them. I haven't watched them in a long time. They're not but. bad. They're very you could. They're very two thousandsy. Like the humor, yeah. everything. It's very two thousandsy. But I still, I still appreciate it. <laughs> you weren't cool if you didn't see but, Austin uh, Powers back in middle school in my in my neck of the woods. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The same thing. And I was, you know, I was like, like a freshman in high school, somewhere around <laughs> that age. And, um, but Austin Powers, uh, you know, Mike Myers, Austin Powers character, uh, became a huge hit. Like he became pop culture as soon as he came out basically. And luckily, uh, Mike Becker and his friends were able to get the, the license to make an Austin Powers bobblehead. And that thing sold super well. It did. Like I think I saw anywhere from like um, you know I don't want to give away numbers just in case you're doing them. I'll but do. I'll throw it in right here just for the sake of it. Eighty thousand okay. plus units of this thing. This thing yeah. saved Funko and like we everything that you have nowadays. All the the the, the different uh, styling. It, it doesn't happen if if Austin Powers of all things does not sell the way it did. So thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Austin. It was me, Austin. It was was me, Austin. Me all along. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that doing so well gave them even more uh, motivation to try other other ones. And at at the beginning, they were just doing uh, franchises that they themselves, you know, would want to see, like uh, cereal mascots. You know, like your Cheerios, like the what's his name, Honeybee, whatever. The bee's name is yeah uh, Tony the yeah Tony the Tiger, uh, you know Dick Tracy, you know just these older characters that they remember uh, growing up. But with each of these, the company gained ground, and I also remember that these were all uh, I think they started calling them like wacky wobblers and stuff. Yes, but while they but while they were putting these out, they were starting to gain a following too. Uh, these people who really started loving them and would collect just anything they put out. So it started from just almost day one and you also got to remember at the beginning they were doing all this from like his garage (laughs) they were literally uh, selling these and shipping these from his garage that type of thing uh it was very much just like three or four people working together to do this before obviously it got too big where they had to move it but like amazon man like amazon bezos or whatever it's he had like a small same thing i think he had a garage or something to start off with and look where it is now and it, it just it just kind of just kept going and going. And the the next stage of it, because we don't have Funko Pops yet, right? We just have all their other their other stuff that they tried. The next step was that Mike Becker was getting kind of fried, right? He f- was feeling fried. He didn't know if he wanted to keep doing it. He had set a a plan for himself that he was going to be done with it after so long, and that had surpassed. Uh, but he had made friends with a man by the name of Brian Mariotti. And Brian and and Mike became very fast friends. They had very similar interests. That type of thing. Brian was also a toy collector to the point where one of the things I read was that he made like a down payment on, on one of his houses from selling his, his Fez dispenser collection. That's how, like, that, that's pretty wild to me. Damn. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Mike was talking to Brian. He was like, you know, I've had offers for people to buy it, and I'm, I'm really thinking about it. But he also didn't want to leave his friends who were there working for him, like, out of a job. And luckily for them, uh, Brian said, hey, uh, I'm going to – what if what if I buy it? 
And that's what ends up happening. Brian gets two of his friends from high school together and they put up enough money to buy Funko. And that's where it just takes off. It blew uh, up. Brian, yeah, yeah Brian had a, a vision of it and he wanted to really push it. Uh, in the, we're going to around, we're like around the years around 2005, around there. And he would drastically expand its licensed products. Uh, you know, he did try to get other licenses and stuff. Like he talks about on the documentary, like the big one was obviously Star Wars. And once you get a big one like that, other ones will just fall in. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. He finally got Star Wars and then like other companies were like, hey, he, he said he would have companies reach out to him. Yeah, that was the first. That's I remember how. that being the very first big franchise where, I mean, obviously my first one was Darth Vader. And I was, that's when I really started to take notice of these things. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is so rich in lore and they're going to turn these, these, this, this property that I love into Funko Pops. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. Uh, but now we're going to go to 2010, 2011. And this is where things really turn for Funko. And that is when, I don't know if you've heard of this company, uh, Matt, DC Comics. Oh, uh, um, is that, they, what does that stand for? They have a little character, <laughs> a Batman, and I've never heard of him. Oh, that's scrub. Uh, <laughs> and there's also this, at the time, there's this big convention, the San Diego Comic Con. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, and uh, they were like, Hey, they come to Funko, <laughs> and like, Hey, uh, we would like to do something for this, but we want something that's not like everything you've done before, right? And so they tried to they get the artists to start trying to design things, and this is basically where the the Funko Pop comes from. Originally, they were they were uh, like little felt figures and stuff, but uh, when they were looking at them, they're like, These need to be be vinyl and that's yeah. what changed it and then the funko pop was born uh it initially was not well received at that <laughs> san diego comic-con they had they had three they had a batman a batgirl and a, a green lantern i believe okay and they were not well received by the funko community who were already uh you know we're like well i don't know if i like these and then like nobody else really started paying attention but then they noticed that the more they kind of pushed these, the numbers would change. He, uh, they said that originally it was mostly a male demographic who was into this stuff, but then as soon as the Funko Pop came out and started kind of catching on, it went on to pretty much anybody. Yes, uh, it's about 50 50 the demographic. I, I was looking up, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give that number in a little bit, but yeah, it's yeah, so, uh, uh, that obviously makes it a huge success, Matt. Uh, and like you said, a lot of people were like, This is just a fad. I remember thinking that, but I just, so that's why when I was buying them, I was like, I'm not buying these to think I'm going to go to, you know, put somebody through college or anything like that. Not, <laughs> I was like, this is probably going to be another beanie baby situation. And, um, but they're still doing fairly well. Uh, still putting out new products, new licenses and stuff. Uh, in 2017, the company actually went public. Like you could buy stock in the company. Uh, but one of the things I did say, and this is probably closer to a did you know, but I'll go ahead and just say here. Uh, it actually holds the, uh, I don't know, uh, this is probably something that they're not proud of. Uh, but it was actually the had the f worst initial public offering of the 21st century. Yes. <laughs> it did not do well. Yes, I did. I did <laughs> see that. It was, it was miserable. Very miserable. But obviously, I think they've bounced back since. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's kind of the history of 
of Funko Pop, obviously, still around the day. You see him everywhere you go. Uh, but yeah, that's Funko Pop in a nutshell. Uh, uh, the original guy, uh, Mike, uh, does uh, he did come back and start working for the company again? Like he's kind of part of their T-shirt uh, design because they do T-shirts now, and it helps with their events and that stuff kind of thing. So he's still coming back and he's part of the fold again. But good, yeah. So that was Funko Pop. Man, I'm very excited for this. Let's get into uh, Matt's stats. I'm Sean Wilkinson, creative director of Funko. I oversee a staff of over 80 people, talented artists, sculptors, designers. I kind of oversee it from sort of start to finish, from concept and getting the licenses to the design, the detailing, the packaging, and make sure it moves out smoothly and looks as amazing as it should. All right, everybody, welcome to the Matt Stats portion of Retro Pop. Uh, Funko, got a lot of stuff for you today, everybody. All right, so starting off, uh, Funko has created approximately 20,000, uh, give or take a few uh, different products. So that's individual, these bobblehead, these figures, whatever the heck you want to call them. Um and over dozens and dozens of different toy lines. So I did want to start off with that, which is uh, very, very cool uh, to, to hear that they've got their hands in so much different stuff. Uh, let's see. Let's go into their sales figures. Now starting off with, where'd you go? Oh boy, gotta love the internet. All right, uh, 2015. Revenue totals from Funko net sales. All right, 2015, $274 million. 2016, $426 million. 2017, $516 million. 2018, $686 million in the last recorded year uh, with sales and such. 2019, Funko Pops are a $795 plus million. Dollars, uh, $795 million plus. There we go. That's the that's English for you. Uh, business it's crazy these little wow. these little vinyl things unbelievable and the, the black market for you know resellers collectors all that stuff it's it's honestly oh, it's yeah. very crazy um all right so number of themed properties now these are not the individual ones we said there was dozens there's about 500 different properties so what they mean by that is your star wars lineage your x-men uh, or this Marvel in general, NFL, hockey, basketball, all that stuff. There's about 500 different entertainment properties. Uh, as I said, the, the, the demographics are very, very split. There's actually a court as of 2018. So it's a little dated, um, but this is the most, you know, uh, modern take take. I can find modern report. I could find 51% of customers, uh, Funko customers are women, 49% being men. So, Practically 50-50, but, uh, you know, the women got the major demographic in here, which is pretty cool. Uh, the average development cost of a new figure. So this is including, is making molds. This is probably license, probably some type of licensing, I would uh, imagine, comes into play here. Uh, five uh, Between five and $7,000, roughly, to, to develop a figure. And obviously, they make tons and tons of money off of it. Once you get that mold... Once you get the mold set to go, it's it's your printing money after that. Uh, there's about 25,000 plus retail locations that Funko products are currently a, uh, available in. 36% of Funko customers 
36% are actual like collectors, heavy collectors. So, uh, so there's that. Let's get into, uh, I have a lot of fun stuff today, so bear with me. This is probably the most I've had in a while. We're going to go through, you know what? I won't do all 65. I'll go through the top 25 if I can find. Oh, why are you doing this to me? Internet does not love me. Uh, does not love me. We'll do the top 50. Top 50 most valuable Funko Pops on the internet. I'll get through this as quickly as possible. All right, so this is this site, workandmoney.com. They went around, they looked to browse the interwebs, and uh, they found the, the most expensive ones that they could find. So a lot of them are special. Like, there's a lot of special categories for these. There's the metallic ones. Freddy Funko ones are, you know, go for a lot. So the number 50th is a Mike Wazowski glow-in-the-dark from uh, Monsters University, $1,700. Uh, 49, Kiss Demon Freddy Funko, $1,750. He glows in the dark. Uh, 48th is Mr. Incredible in the blue suit, $1,790. Uh, 47th is a Metallic Spider-Man, $1,840. Ghost Rider, Freddy Funko. It's actually pretty cool looking. $1,900 This is estimated value. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Metallic, $1,960. 44th, Lotso, which is actually like a flocked. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a felt like velvet feel to it. There's a net $1,960 as well for that one. 43, a holographic Darth Maul, $1,980. That thing's actually pretty cool looking. Uh, 42, Deadpool, Freddy Funko in the orange, uh, in the orange gear. He's valued at $2,000. He looks like he's a Comic-Con exclusive. 41, the Dark Knight Joker, Freddy Funko. Well, the dark $2,030 value. Uh, Clone Trooper Freddy Funko. Literally, you just put Freddy Funko on everything, and he's he's instantly valuable. Two thousand thirty dollars. Nineteen fifties Elvis metallic gold. Two thousand seventy dollars. Thirty eight is headless Ned Stark. Uh, Two thousand eighty dollars. Thirty seven is giant Buzz Lightyear with Zerg. Uh, glows in the dark. Twenty one hundred dollar value. Thirty six Beetlejuice Freddy Funko. Uh, glow in the dark. Two thousand one hundred twenty dollars. Thirty five Oogie Boogie glow in the dark. Two thousand one hundred forty dollars. Uh, 34, 1970s Elvis, Glow in the Dark, $2,180. That's what I need, a Glow in the Dark Elvis Presley Funko Pop. Who doesn't oh. need a Glow in the Dark? <laughs> the Joker Freddy Funko, Glow in the Dark, 2220 Uh Hopper uh, from Stranger Things. He's all gold, $2,240. 31, Winged Monkey Freddy Funko, $2,290. 30, bronze Ken Griffey Jr., $2,290 value. Batman, all in silver, $2,300. 28 is uh, Deathstroke Freddy Funko, glow in the dark, $2,320. 27 is Green Lantern, glow in the dark, $2,330. That one's actually pretty cool looking. A lot of these are Comic-Con exclusives. That's where the that's where the value comes from. You can only find them at certain places and helps uh, boost the value tremendously. Uh, 26 is Pl- Planet Arlia Vegeta. $2,360, Dragon Ball Z there. Jamie Lannister, Freddy Funko, $2,370. Uh, 24th, Bumble, Freddy Funko, Glow in the Dark, $2,410. Uh, Black Ranger, Freddy Funko, $2,420 value. Batman, Freddy Funko, $2,640 value. Uh, 21 is Dumbo, all in gold, $2,780 value. Uh, number 20 is Frankenstein, Freddy Funko glows in the dark, $3,060. Uh, 
19 is Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix, all metallic, $3,080 value. Boba Fett, Freddie Funko at 18 with the red, with red hair, $3,120. At 17, Frankenberry, Freddie Funko, glow in the dark, $3,210 for the value. 16 is Ghost Rider, Freddie Funko, and metallic, $3,390. Uh, 15 is Frankenberry, Freddie Funko, all metallic, $3,430. Number 14, Tony Stark, Freddie Funko, Metallic, $3,500 value. 13 is Bo- just Booberry, glow-in-the-dark blue Booberry, $3,540. Number 12, Count Chocula, Freddie Funko, all Metallic, $3,780. Uh, number 11 is Big Boy Blue, Freddie Funko. We just talked about Big uh, Big Boy. Uh, $3,980 for that one. Your top 10, Buzz Lightyear, Freddie Funko, all Metallic, $4,080. Number nine, Apollo Creed, Freddie Funko with no bruises. $5,010 on the open market. Dumbo, Clown Dumbo, $5,270. I think that was one of its earliest ones. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, Freddie Funko that glows in the dark, $6,099 value. Number six, Superhero Stan Lee, Metallic Red, $7,290. Uh, value on the interwebs. Number five is Venom Freddy Funko, $7,500 value. Number four is Count Chocula Freddy Funko, that's glow in the dark, $10,000. You can find him for the very low, low price of $10,000. Number three, Jamie Lannister Freddy Funko, covered in blood, $10,710. Should be number two is Alex Delarge from Clockwork Orange, uh, glow in the dark, $13,300 value. And your number one, there's a set of limited edition Stanley uh, signed action figures. They are metallic. They are valued at one hundred thousand dollars combined. So, so there's obviously lots more stats we can kind of go into, but I think I've said enough. Uh, Johnny has a very special stat segment here. He's going to discuss uh, uh, some of his Funko Pop properties that he's, he's collected over the years. So let's take it to it, Johnny. The sort of life of the beginning to the shelf is everywhere from four months to six months. It sort of starts with getting the license, finding the character list, the right characters, the right outfits, the right poses. Working with our creative team, there's always somebody who's sort of an expert in every category of license we have. So we tap into the right person, find the right details that we need to know about each character. Yeah, uh, I have, uh, not to brag, but I have the (laughs) uh, Funko Pop official app. And it's really good for keeping up with your collection. And that's why I got it. Uh, it's. It, it, I have. These are all just in box. I do have some that are out of box. But uh, just in box, I have over 220. <sighs> and my collection is small compared to others. I've had people. I literally had a guy one time who was here just. Uh, uh, I think he was fixing our cable. We had something going on wrong with our cable or satellite. Okay. And he was here just fixing it. And he walked in my room to 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 fix it on my TV, you know? And he looked around and he goes, Oh man, these are cool. And then he brought out his phone to show me his collection. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> See, they're a great talking then, piece. That's yeah, awesome. They are. And it dwarfed but, mine, by the way. He had a huge <laughs> one. So you leave yours in boxes wisely? Uh, I, I started to uh, because I just like how they display. They do look nice uh, in you the know, boxes. It, yeah. It tells you the name of them, and it gets their, you know, uh, I just kind of like how they look in a box. I originally, agree. I originally I didn't like the first twenty. I took out of the box right away. Yeah, I I did that, and I was like, oh, should I just leave them in the box? I'm like, nah, 
they all got to look the same. So I just kind of open them up here. Every time a, uh, I hear every time you open up a box of Funko pops an angel gets a, uh, a nerd angel gets a new like pimples all over his face. They hate it. Probably does. It's, it drives them yeah. crazy. People, I watch What's people up, keel uh, over. Johnny's? I watch people keel over when you open a box of Funkos. Well, that's any action figure, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to give you my one, two, three, four. I'll give you my top five most valuable pops for me personally in my personal collection. Uh, I do not have any of the ones that Matt was talking about. I do not have any of the ones that <laughs> that astronomical. <laughs> uh, like my number one is Mr. Miyagi. Ooh, from and that's in box. Uh, he's got his own little uh pop protector and everything, even and he's worth $105 currently. Oh, shoot! I'm going to college. <laughs> you should sign My, it. Uh, you should, <laughs> you should sign <laughs> it. <laughs> you totally should. That people will jack up the price on eBay and you won't, you, they'll, oh, they'll yeah. make like four times the amount and you'll, you'll get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like doing a sketch card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my next, reference. my number two is General Grievous from Star Wars. Oh, it was a Walgreens exclusive. Uh, he used to be worth like 150 bucks, but I think they recently released another version of him, so it knocked this version down a lot, down to seventy dollars. Uh, but then uh, we're getting into some wrestling after that. Another one also worth seventy dollars is I have. Sting, uh, not the singer, but the pro wrestler Sting. I got him in his face paint. Uh, and then also after that, I have from Bob's Burgers. All the Bob's Burgers ones have really went up in value because I think they retired them. Uh, but I got Teddy, a character from there, and he's worth 60 And then I'll end it with, uh, well, I'll just end it with two because they're worth the same. They're both worth 50 And there are a couple of wrestlers, Brock Lesnar and Mick Foley. And those are my top ones like that. And then I also was going to talk about uh, which ones that I just just hold a special place for me. Yeah, I was going to say that's an important uh, thing that people want to hear. Yeah, I got a um, I got a Roddy Piper one that I really love. Uh, I mean, I like my Bob's Burgers ones, obviously, but the ones that I've really gotten into are the ones that are based on real people. So that's kind of become my little niche collection. If I see one that's based on somebody that was a real person, I kind of gravitate toward it and get it. So I got quite a few of the American history ones. Obviously, my Abraham Lincoln is one of my favorites. Uh, also love, I got a Mr. Bean one that I absolutely love. <laughs> that's so, uh, that's right up your alley. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And I have two of the Weird Al Yankovic ones uh, that I absolutely love. Uh, so those are kind of some of my favorite ones. I, you know, I got everybody from Dr. Seuss over there to, um, to uh, one of my newest ones that I got that I love, and this is wrestling again, is the Rock and Sock Connection, Matt. Oh, Rock and Mankind in one package. That's a cool uh, one. Yeah. I, yeah, it was a Walmart exclusive. I got very lucky. Uh, my parents were out and about and they found it. I'm like, hey, do you want this? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. All right. Cause I know there's a lot of collectors who just pick up anything and everything that they find. Do you look yeah. for a line, like a, like a series, or do you just kind of go for what you like? I go for what I like. Uh, I originally, I have the, I think I got it from my grandma because she collected stuff too, but I got this thing where like, if there's a collection, I want to try to get as much of it as possible, Yeah. but I have to, to turn my brain off from that because there's just too many. And, uh, so I started, 
a long time ago. I was like, I'm just going to get the ones that I like, and if I don't like it, I'm just not. I'm just not going to care about it, no matter. Yeah. Even if I think it goes up in value or something, it's way more about um, if I like it or not. You know, like it, so. A lot of my favorite characters, if they come out, you know, I'm going to grab like Doctor Octopus from Spider Man. I had to have that one. Uh, you know, just note because he's one of my favorite villains, so I had to have him. Uh, you know, I got everything from Jurassic Park, that's one of my favorite movies, to Back to the Future. Um, but like, uh, you know, for example, would be, you know, I always love South Park, but my favorite character was Butters. Yeah. And they came out with the Professor Chaos one. <laughs> and that's literally the only one I have because that's the only one I wanted. So right. I got that one from that. OK. One. Yeah. Now, uh, let me ask you this now, if you don't mind me grilling you a little bit. Do you have one that ahead. you would die to have like it? Well, maybe not die. That's a little much for a toy. But like, is there <laughs> one that you're like chasing? Like if you find it and you, you can swing the money wherever to get it, what? What 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 one would you get? Yes, uh, I have looked everywhere, and I had a chance to get it once, and I just didn't do it, and I'm very mad at myself. Where when it was a reasonable re- reasonable price, and that is a Johnny Cash one that came out. I really wanted it, and it's not like it's super expensive now. I mean, it's still probably doable, but you know, I just really really wanted one of those, and I just have not been able to find one, and that's like the one that's eluded me. <laughs> <laughs> okay sadly yeah so it, i would say johnny cash but there's, there's been plenty where that i've liked them but i just like i'm just not going to pay that much money for it right and here, i got one last question is it is it more fun for you for collecting these things buying finding them and buying them in person or just grabbing them online uh both uh because no online's okay. become yeah yeah because online's kind of become a wasteland of people who try to resell them and uh, you know, we, you run into this with anything that's, I mean, we run into this recently with the new uh, video game systems that came out, right? You got people who buy them and just jack up the price. Online, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, reselling them. Uh, so you kind of run into that a lot with a lot, especially if a Funko pop is new, they'll do that. Uh, especially if it's an exclusive from like, uh, uh, for whatever reason, Walgreens ones go up in price. Uh, so like if you get one from Walgreens or something, for example, uh, they'll, they'll pop up. Like I recently just got, uh, uh, you know, from WandaVision that showed the Marvel show, WandaVision. Uh, we found a, a Walmart exclusive and he glows in the dark and it's a vision and he's in the white suit. Oh, and it glows in the dark. Oh my God. And it glows in the dark. It's oh, really awesome. Man. Yeah. Uh, so obviously as a must have, I paid 10 bucks for it. Right. And, uh, but like I looked online cause I always put them into my little app and it was already yeah. worth like triple that. Cause people are trying to resell them for triple that. Oh, for sure. And I have no plans to sell any of these unless I just absolutely have to at some point. Uh, but I keep them like they're all just for me because I just love this stuff. You know, it's just the thing that makes me happy to look at these. And, uh, you know, I got all kinds of other toys, too, that I collect. Like I got some Ninja Turtle action figures over there, for example. But uh, this is a little Funko Pops, just little goofy, cartoony things that I just adore. And uh, if I see more that I like, I've tried to. <laughs> I don't know if you do this too, Matt, but the, as I've run out of room. I've become way more choosier too on the ones I get now. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I just, yeah. Like I yeah. Get now, like it used to be where I'm like, well, I kind of like this. I'll grab it. Now it's like, I have to like that. Really <laughs> gotta love it. Just Cause I just, I just don't have room. Yeah, <laughs> right. I gotta love it or just really want it. So that's kind of where I'm at with my collection here, but that's, uh, that's Johnny's, uh, stats quarter real quick. Yeah. I got quite a few, uh, according to, this is all the ones I, I don't have every pop of mine in here. Like I don't have it. Any of the ones that are out of the box that actually still hold some value, but 
but uh, like I have over almost like four thousand dollars worth of Funkos in here. <sighs> Pretty wild. Uh, but yeah, so that's Johnny's uh, Funko stats. <laughs> Let's get into my Diginos. When we first get the concept, we have to translate into 3D, and that's not always a simple task, especially if you're used to the figure only being in a two dimensions. I say for this one it was interesting because he has this large dome that covers his head, and it's kind of technically a little challenging to create that, and there's a little bit of problem solving you have to do because the head is already so huge. All right, this is gonna be a little smaller uh than usual there's not near as many of these and i've already kind of covered some of them so bear with me uh funko pops of course debuted in 2010 san diego comic-con under the name funko force 2.0 it's what they originally called and thankfully they were like that's that's an awful name <laughs> that's a cool movie uh, so name but it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so it became funko pops really quickly after that matt do you know how they got the name funko i do not Cause it's a fun company, fun co, mm. fun company, fun co. That's how you came up with it. Okay, respect, respect. Uh, uh, this character. I'm gonna let you try to guess this one. This character has the most variations of it of one character. There's over 100. Can you guess who this character is? Over 100. Is it Freddy? Is it I mean? Is I, it Freddy I, Funko no. or is it? It's not Freddy Funko. Oh, I have, I have like five myself. <laughs> oh, hold on. Don't. There's over a hundred of this character. I want to say Mickey Mouse, but I don't at the same time. I'm going to feel really stupid when you say it. It's we, we've said them before already today. We have. Yep. It's a big franchise. Hmm. Darth Vader? No. 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 Uh, it's, I give. Uh, it's Batman. Oh, they do. I, they did do. Uh, they've done so many. You are right. That is a good point. Or, well, it's not a point. It's a, it's a fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, I know they did the, the multicolored ones. They've done all the different bat yep. suits. So it just the Batman character or the Batman franchise? The Batman character. Okay. That makes, that makes yep. sense. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, they've also been known to spoil movies and gotten in trouble for that before, uh, with it because they'll always like announce ahead of time which ones are, they've, they've gotten a lot better about this now. But I definitely yeah. remember when uh, Justice League movie was coming out, and you know, uh, this is well before the Snyder cut, obviously, but when the original theatrical cut was coming out, the big spoiler alert was that Superman was coming back, even though he had died before, and they had a Superman pop. And it kind of got spoiled a little bit, so they kind of got burned to the ashes on that one. And they, I they yeah, I have I have a friend that I don't, I don't really. Well, I wouldn't even call him a friend. He just the guy that I I used to talk to. <laughs> um, he used to love like spoiler movies for me when I don't when I told him not to, and he spoiled. Shazam. Name his name. Name his name. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he spoiled Shazam for me because Shazam for the Funko uh, Pops, they did the different colored Shazam costumes with all yeah. the kit. And he's like, yeah, just so you know, the Funko Pops, all the like he just could have said the, the Funko Pops are all accurate and still would have been a mystery to me. He goes, yeah, the Funko Pops, all the different colored, uh, different colored Shazam suits. It's, it's all in the movie. I'm like, you piece of shit. Why would you tell me that? Like, I literally said, <laughs> don't tell me 
what happens because I don't want to be spoiled. And he used Funko Pops to do it. So, um, but that, yeah, Isn't so it amazing how if someone spoils a movie for you, you will always remember that. Literally in high school, when a little movie called Six Sense came out, I will still to this day remember my friend, and I'll just, we'll just call her R, my friend <laughs> R, uh, sitting at lunch with me, my buddy Chris. And just she had seen the movie and she goes, Hey, did you know he was dead the whole time? Because <laughs> she didn't realize we hadn't seen it. And that's like the big, biggest spoiler of any movie. That's the biggest twist ever. And I was like, Oh, look, I still like the movie, but somebody really took a lot of wind Somebody spoiled Avengers Endgame for me and I don't talk to them anymore because of it. Yeah, don't blame you. It pissed don't me off. It was like, it was, they shared a GIF or a, whatever the hell you call them, a GIF. Uh, all right, it was a little perverted on my end, but he shared it. But then, the, like the one or two seconds in, it was Iron Man snapping his finger. Would not talk to him. But oh um, no! Oh, I yeah. was like the day, we, the morning we were supposed to go see it. I was ready to kill him. Piece of shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Don't moving worry. on. Yep. <laughs> no, no, they deserve to be called out on this this behavior. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. So, uh, that is Johnny's. Did you know? Let's get into where Funko Pop is in, or Funko itself is in pop culture today. When we were first doing bobbleheads, most of our audience, our, our fans, were 30-plus, and they loved the nostalgic licenses we would bring into toys. And I think, you know, with Pop, we've even sort of widened that a little bit. There's sort of a young audience, but we still have sort of this old audience that has really become this collector craze. And it sort of gave permission for older people to like toys. It used to be very kid-oriented experience, and I think Funko was a big part of showing that nobody ever has to grow up well matt we already kind of covered it a little bit you know this was originally a thing and people were like this is a fad it's going to go away and uh guess what it's still here <laughs> it is it is the the, the funko pops themselves are officially over a decade old i don't remember how long beanie babies lasted but i do remember when funko's got huge they had that beanie baby feel to them yes. uh, just being something really quick you know something kind of came out of nowhere and people were getting really wild about collecting them, that type of thing. Uh, but I do think they've already lasted longer than that. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that all these are going to forever hold this ridiculous value because I, I I honestly don't know. Uh, and I think there'll come a time where people will be like, yeah, well, whatever. You know, they'll probably go down in popularity at some point. But you know, right now, nostalgia is such a huge market for anything. And that's what Funko is. It's all about nostalgia, bringing this nostalgia back. And I don't ever see nostalgia going out of style, right? No. Nostalgia is always going to come back. That's why, like, any of your favorite franchises are almost on, like, a roller, a roller coaster. Uh, you know, like, Ninja Turtles is a great example. You know, coming in and out of being really super mega over. And to use a pro wrestling term. <laughs> that's how much of a wrestling mark I am. I just brother. use those terms just willy-nilly. Yeah, brother. Uh, so... I don't ever see them going fully away. I think at some point they might move away from Funko Pops when those get just too much and maybe move on to like creating another product. Cause they've already, they have products besides Funko Pop. That's just the one they're most known for now. But right. Uh, I see, I can, I can see a time where another one of Funko's things gets huge and they start kind of focusing on that. Uh, like, you know, they even have cereal right now. I've never tried any of it, but I would. Yeah, there's supposed to be a movie coming out. There's supposed to be a movie coming out, uh, Funko Pop movie, that uh, well, I was reading about a little while ago. I'm not sure if it was supposed to come out by now or it's in the works, but um, yeah, Funko's going like 
they're they're taking over. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's, I mean, that's they, a very important sign of of longevity. Yeah, I mean they've opened they've opened actual just store their own personal store. I think they have first. two storefronts. I think they have two storefronts. I know yeah. there's one in Hollywood, uh, or at least one in California. Yeah, there's one, one in yeah, one in Everett, Washington, where they where they kind of started. Yeah, um, it's I don't see it really going anywhere for the near future. I mean, maybe a time like ten years from now will be like, man, you remember Funko Pops? But, but for right now, I think they're here for quite a while. And, and like you said, they're just so uh, the idea that they're just uh, kind of bringing back nostalgia is such a huge thing. And uh, you know, that's why it kind of can relate to anybody. Anybody can kind of get into it because there's bound to be something that they've made that kind of speaks to you you know the either from your childhood or growing up or whatever so i i think they have a very smart business model when it comes with that and i don't know man i can you see a time where they're just completely gone i think if so to be a while from now completely gone no but i i i feel right now it's kind of slowed down for me as far like i haven't seen that at least i mean i'm not I'm on the internet quite a bit. I'm not super aware, but it doesn't it, it feels like right now at this current point in time that um, maybe Funko's pulling back just a tad. Again, I'd have to look up at some new releases, but I don't see stuff popping up as frequently as I did. But as far as going away completely, no, that's it's it's never going to happen. Uh, they found their they found their their spot in pop culture society. And, and, you know, we've talked about it verbatim. Johnny literally just said it a minute ago. It is something for everybody. You're going to have your casual fans of Funko that are going to continue, that are going to, oh, you know, that are going to sporadically pop up, see one that they like and go ahead and buy one. And you have the diehards, the collectors that keep this market uh, driven and as you know, the interest in it as, as much as it is. So yeah, Funko pop, you know, all time. I don't, I, I would, if it, if it went away completely, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. that. But right now, it feels like they're maybe just pulling back a little bit. I remember, like, I mean, COVID probably might have affected some of the production and, and, and such. It wouldn't surprise me. But I remember, like, 2019, uh, every week, every other week or something like that, there's a new, like, line announcement. And I don't know if they've they, they just did too much. They're like, okay, let's pull it back. Let's let's let stuff simmer and then pop back up in full strength, uh, trying for a couple different things. But uh, but yeah, I think overall it's it's in a great spot, you know, to, to kind of you know have that longevity. You don't want to be very good for too long because eventually the burnout, you know, there's burnout and then there's a huge drop off. Where these yeah. uh, Funko seems to be kind of roller coastering it, which is how any good entertainment property does Ninja Turtles, all that stuff. You get really big and you pull it back. And so the demand for it, you know, skyrockets when, when, uh, when you want to come back and strong. So. Yeah, very much so. So that's, uh, that's our episode on Funko pop, Matt, do you have any idea what we're going to cover on the next episode of retro pop? Man, I was split because we are doing companies month. That's what we said last time. That is our, that is our gimmick, brother, uh, for the month of June. I had a couple different companies in mind, but uh, after doing this episode, I think I know what I want to do. Next time you hear us on Retro Pop, we are going to talk about Legos. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and the Lego oh, company. I, I may have a friend who would want on in on this. <laughs> they are more than welcome. You let yeah. them know, and they are more than welcome to hop on and, and yeah. partake. Trevor, in- uh, Tre- the guy who I do retro bliss with, Trevor, he 
literally has a huge collection and does a podcast on his network about Lego. So, oh, uh, yo, you said yeah. like it was somebody I didn't know. <laughs> well, I apologize. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor was out for Lord of the Rings. Trevor was on the for yep. Lord of the Rings episode. He's more than welcome back, of yeah. course. Those are his two. Those are his three things: uh, Lord of the Rings, Lego, and board games. So, All right. Uh, well, yeah. I would love to have him. To this. So, very much looking forward to this. Uh, for Matt Johnson, I'm Johnny Townsend. Thank you for joining us here on Retro. from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on Beyond-